It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the midweek edition prior to the sale match. We're back in the Huntsman. I'm sitting here with William Davis. Hello, Alan. And Lindy McKenzie's joined us. Afternoon. They've just come back from the sports ground where um, they were at the press conference. Who was there today, William? Uh, Andy Friend uh, was there and uh, Jack Carty because he signed a two-year contract extension. So uh, let's hear what they had to tell us. Andy, looking back over the three games at Christmas, a lot of praise for Connacht, the way they played, and the fact, you know, Munster brought up a strong team, but uh, did you fail maybe to just get enough points out of those three games? I think uh, on reflection you can look at it and say we put ourselves in a position, certainly against Leinster, um, to get a bonus point or two, two additional points with a win. That would have been fantastic, or three extra points if we got the win. Um, so potentially missed an opportunity there, big one. Uh, Ulster, we score three tries, can't get the, the next point, and and Munster there score three tries, can't get the next point. So, yeah, there's an element of uh, we probably did leave a few points out there. Um, you know, we look at we look at uh, the table, and she's nice and tight. Those little points are going to make a difference for us. What's been's been, and what's done's done. So we can't when we won't stop and dwell on those things. We've got to make sure next time we we're better and we're either closing out the game or we're getting that additional try it, nearly two thirds of the way through the, the Pro 14 which is your first cut at it as, as, a, as a coach How, is, what has surprised you about it um, and, and is there anything in, in particular that you weren't expecting um, no, no I think there's nothing really surprised me about it I think the, um, the inner pros definitely uh, the level of intensity around those I knew that they would be intense fixtures, and I knew that everyone wanted, wants to win them. And but it's probably the the parochialism of the of the, of the crowd. Um, I thought the sports ground was a buzz last weekend, and uh, you know you can see the the people of Connacht really get behind their team, as do the people of Leinster get behind their team. And when we're up at Kingspans, the people of of, of Ulster and you know Munster's the same. So just that level of parochialism has been. A pleasing surprise. You love to see that. I love tribalism, and, and you've got tribalism here alive and kicking without a doubt. Probably the only thing is, is that it's not a surprise either, but I just think that week in, week out, you've got to front up in the Pro 14 because it's a quality competition. I remember when I was uh, coaching Harlequins, I can't remember the name of the company. might have been the Celtic League. It could have been back then, but um, there was a, f- a pretty strong feeling that the Celtic League wasn't a strong competition. Well, it certainly wasn't strong as the Premiership that came from people within the premiership of course but uh, I think the comp- this Pro 14 has changed it's definitely grown as a competition and I look at it now and I'd say it's the equal of any competition because uh, every team on their day can, can knock you off so you've got to be on your game Change of tack now going into Europe uh, and the news this morning that uh, Jack Carty has signed another two year contract and suggests he, he might be playing again on Saturday but how do you have to prepare for this? This is almost like a sort of a cup final game. You've really got to win this. Uh, and they they will also want to win it. So it has that sort of almost a knockout feel, even in a group game. Yeah, it does. You know, we both put ourselves in a position, um, three wins from four, and, and this becomes, therefore, um, the do-or-die battle. You know, it's uh, number one v number two. It's at number two's home ground. Uh, there's a lot, a lot riding on that, and I think the game will live up to that expectation as well. They're on a good run. They've 
up their games significantly in the Premiership. Five wins in a row, three serious wins over Christmas. Um, they're going to be a big challenge. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and we look at... Um, well, I watched their game against Saris last weekend and uh, yeah, any team that knocks off Saracens is a good rugby side. So, um, yeah, they've got... They got threats across the park they've got a good strong forward pack uh, we're going to have to be right on our best game in order to knock them off Fafta Clerk key player world class scrum half seems to be the, the real motor in that side have you any specific plans for him or do you just have to just stop him at source oh, listen I think he's to me it's his little defensive reads that are so clever and his support lines he, and he's, he's got a way of of, of energising his side um, at the right time he'll he'll pop up and do something brilliant whether it's in attack or defence um, no nothing specific for him you know we our defensive line we're going to need to stay awake in our, in our first and second defender because he can dart through there his kicking game's good so our back three got to be awake to that uh, and then when we have the football you know just be aware of him popping up at, at, uh, out of the blind of your eye and, and knocking the ball out of your hand or, or, or making a tackle so but there's nothing specific other than us just being you know, good on our game and, uh, and trying to nullify it. But you can't help but admire the way the boy's playing. Looking at the setup potentially for Connacht, you, you, you were a little bit, a lot of new players played in the earlier rounds in this competition, but you might have to go back to some of your stalwarts here. Would, would Jared Butler, Sean O'Brien be available? Maybe Bundy might come back in. Uh, both Jared and Bundy are available. Um, unfortunately, Sean's not with his shoulder, so um, he's certainly not available for selection. But, uh, yeah, listen, we, we'll pick a side that we believe can win the game. Uh, at the same time, continuing to work with uh, you know, a blend of some of the, the the younger guys or the guys who probably haven't had um, as many caps as others um, and some of the older guys, more senior guys. And you'd like a similar atmosphere here to what we've had in the last two games? Yeah, we'd love it. You know, it, it, it's uh, it's really exciting. I know we all get up for that. Um, you know, for us, it's it's our job to to turn up and and to try and win a game of rugby. But when you know you've got a sea of green there supporting you and cheering you on, it makes makes it uh, makes it very special and just makes everybody lift and, and work a little bit harder. News this morning as well released that Keen Kelleher is heading back to to Leinster at the end of the season. Is that slightly disappointing for you? Yeah, I think any time you lose a, a player. Yeah, not, not only a player but a person like Keane you know, and it is disappointing um, but for his own reasons he's made that call and message to, to Keane is we respect that message from the group is we've got to respect that and we do respect that and we wish him well with his move Jack, news today that you've uh, signed a two year extension so uh, how pleased are you with that news? Uh, yeah, delighted look it was a, a no brainer really to say you can see the the way the place has come on the last few years and especially with um, how Friendy has built this real good culture amongst the squad and um, obviously the performances of late uh, indicate good things for the future so obviously being from here and then uh, some of my close mates it was really a no-brainer for me. The season's been going pretty well for you. Your game seems to be developing and you seem to be well in in the structure that's here. It seems to suit your game. Uh, yeah, look, just um, Friendy speaks about it a lot. There's a clarity about what we want, um, about what we're trying to do, um, and for me as a ten, that's probably the big thing. Um, if I have overall clarity and kind of how the game's playing, I'm able to kind of put my uh, imprint on it. And I'm just fortunate that I have um, some of the best, I, 
might be strangely to say, but some of the world-class coaches we have, um, even at the immediate um, backroom team of the Nigel, Jimmy, Pete, and Dave Horwood, but also kind of the further backroom team that maybe don't get mentioned a lot. So a lot, obviously with them and then obviously some great players around me, it just makes my job a lot easier. You talk about the clarity. Can you give us a little, can you define that a little bit more, what it means? Uh, yeah, I suppose without giving away our whole game plan. Um, I suppose last year we would have looked at when we were playing off nine, we would have had a lot of different um, kind of plays. It would have been like little tips, maybe little plays across the front. And we've kind of cut, made it a lot more clear this year that we just want to get go for ball and be physical with our carries, get behind teams. And then once we started doing that, you can add a little piece of detail. But I think maybe at points last year, we were maybe starting looking to start too far down the beaten track rather than getting down to the nitty-gritty stuff and if you're not winning um, ball carries and getting behind teams you're going to struggle um, and that's what we've done We're, um, we've, we've, we win the majority of our collisions and it um, bodes well for us later on in the game and how we try to play our game And your kicking game two parts kicking from hand kicking from the tees about 86% but that seems to have developed and it seems to be more an integral part of what Connacht are trying to do this year uh, Yeah look um Really happy with how my goal kicking's going. I think it's um, second probably out of all the tens in Ireland. So it's just something that um, I've built up over the years. Um, it was maybe went from I think the mid seventies to seventy seven, seventy eight last year, and then it's kind of built up again this year. So it's just about kind of taking every kick as it comes, um, and then I suppose doing your work during the week. That's that's the main thing. And obviously, I'm fortunate that I have Eric here um, who works with me on a weekly basis, and then. Uh, Rob Kelly out in the Galway Tennis Club. We use him as well for kind of a bit of focus training. So um, they're really important. And then it's just, I suppose, the kicking out of hand. A lot of it comes from the manipulation of backfield and the talk from the lads around me. So um, it's it's it really is just hard work. And then obviously the talk from fellas around you. It does seem to be a lot more talk this year from Connacht. Just just direction. Is that does that help everybody? Does everybody get on the same wavelength a bit quicker if there is a good noise out there? I think so. Well, if you look at it, kind of maybe the age profile of the team, um, maybe the last two or three years, it was a lot of a lot of young fellas who, with a few older heads and kind of that, them older players have maybe moved on and finished up, and now you have this core group of players who are in around the same age, who are used to playing with each other, who are able to kind of call each other out and have real conversations with each other, and I think that has transferred to our game, and um, you know there was certain aspects of the game at the weekend and weekends before where maybe two weeks ago against Ulster we weren't happy with our kicking game and we had real talk about it during the week and then we brought it into the game last week against Munster and you could see the improvement in it so um, I think that's probably one of the main things Europe at the weekend sale vital game and uh, it's an opportunity for Connacht to, to drive on in this competition um, how did what's the feeling around uh, yeah look it's probably the out of all the pools that are in the comp- in this competition, it, it is probably um, one of the, more, the tougher ones. Um, I suppose the two wins against Perpignan um, were massive, especially that one away. There was a few frontline players playing, but a lot of younger lads um, stepped up. The likes of Matty Burke, Fitzy, um, to name one or two. But um, yeah, look, this game against Sale, I suppose if it's a whichever team probably wins it, will probably be in pole position to win the win the group. So they're going to come over. I think they've. Uh, a great Christmas party plan so we'll be looking to I suppose put a bit of a dent in that but as I said before it's just going to come down to the um, work we do in the week and having real clarity in uh, what we're trying to do
both of them didn't seem as depressed about losing to Munster as um, you might have expected. No, I think I had to ask Andy Friend, did they did they leave points behind? And and he accepted that they did. And you know, it's all very well being patted on the back by the national media and told you're great and it's, it's wonderful that Munster picked a really strong side to play you because they respect you. Well, it's the results business and they only won one game out of the three at Christmas. They did play well in all the games. Uh, but I think the Leinster is the one that still sits on their head a little bit. Then. And the concern is until they, they play another game like that and they close it out, there's always going to be at the back of their mind, this could go a bit awry. On Saturday, you didn't feel it could happen to Munster, but Connacht kept playing for the 80 minutes. They kept the pressure on. And Munster weren't hanging on at the end, but they were closing the game down. And that is a good sign. They got a point out of it. Is 7 out of 15 enough? Probably it's a, it's points short. But look, it's done and dusted now. It's Europe for the next two weeks. And then a vital game against Cardiff. And then a break, which we probably all need. Um, but sale on Saturday is, is the main focus now. It certainly is. But before we get to that, Lenny, your your final impressions on what happened at the weekend? Well, I think the result was a fair result. I thought Munster were the better team. Um, it... it as always, you know, there's a few little things that let, maybe let Connor down, but essentially their, their pack was so much stronger and particularly their rolling mall, particularly um, their front five. Um, so I think that's where, the, unfortunately, that's where the, the weakness in Connacht, if there was a weakness in Connacht, that's where it lay. But I don't think, I think, you know, even Andy Friend, you know, obviously they'll always, they'll always, you know, look at all the things that they have done wrong, but would it have made a huge difference? Not so sure. Yeah, we'll have a little bit on the stats. Myself and Danny have put some together on, on what happened with the front five at the weekend because it was, I think, the first time this season really that our front five were so badly beaten up, William. Yeah, they were. Uh, I mean, Tyke Byrne was man of the match irrespective of Joey Kirby getting it. Not that it really matters, but he hit a huge game. And it took a time then for Caelan Blade and Jack Carty to actually adapt to playing going backwards a bit. They did adapt quite well. They came to terms with it. And so did the rest of the of the back line. But when you're playing, that that's look, they were Munster. That's what Munster do, and that was the that was impressive for Munster. What really impressed me with Munster is they played three different games. They they were different in Belfast. They tried to play a containing game. They beat Leinster, who lost the plot uh, for no real apparent reason, and then they came up here and they actually tried to play a bit of rugby. Uh, and sometimes they're inclined not to do that. They're, they're inclined to keep it very tight, but they did spread it at the right times, and to close the game down, they bring the best scrum half in the world off the bench. And he didn't do a huge amount of stuff, but what he did was perfect. A couple of clever kicks, and that box kick is something to behold when you see it live and you're close to it. And that's, that's why they won. Connacht can take a lot out of it, but you want to win and they didn't quite make it you do you do bringing Stander off the bench helped as well I think he shored up the, the number 8 Arno Bota had the ball ripped off him three times during the game that didn't happen to CJ Stander um, like I know you keep saying it's a results business and winning's only that matter but I walked into the into our canteen on Monday morning everybody's talking about the game and how good it was and how great it was everyone's now looking for tickets for this weekend that it's not just a results business I think the way Connacht play has a huge impact on whether the locals want to go and watch them play I think local people are aware we don't have the biggest budget we don't have the biggest team but if we can play great rugby and they can have a great night out um, based on how well Connacht play and I think the way we play we will get more wins than losses in the long term 
Possibly. The difficulty that I have is that the line that's been sold a little bit is this is all preparation for next season. Next season hasn't started yet. This is this season. They were in position on Saturday to go 8-5, and five, and 8-5 and five is a hell of a difference from 7-6. and six. And that's just the way it is. It's uh, yeah, and, and I'll fight back in that we've got a lot of bonus points. And you keep saying 8-5, and, and say, but we're, we're, we're ahead of the Ospreys because we've more bonus points. And we've, we're ahead of most other teams because we've more bonus points. So it's not just the wins. It's, it's getting tries. It's scoring try bonuses. It's getting losing bonuses. Lindley, do you want to jump in? Oh, I just think you have to look at the season as, as every new coach should be allowed a bidding in season. And I think what has happened this season has um, had a, a huge impact on the, the, I suppose, the mental state of the players. <laughs> they're, 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 and they are, seem to be an extremely happy, uh, cohesive group. There's a lot of positivity. There's a lot of confidence that has that has been built this season and the bottom line is they do have to qualify for Champions Cup. Yes. I'm, I'm, I, I have to say, as much as I'd love to see us win you know, another Pro 14 and I'd love to see us get to the semi-finals, the bottom line is Champions Cup rugby. And the good thing about it is this weekend we have another opportunity to keep that door open by beating Sale. We certainly do. And they're going to come in you know, on the back of a cracking set of results um, we're coming in on the back of a cracking set of performances, so it should be a cracking match with some cracking weather, I believe. Well, <laughs> our results more important than uh, performances we might see on Saturday. They are the form team in uh, English rugby. Uh, when we played them in October, they'd only won one game in the Premiership. Now they've won five in a row. But they beat Bristol on December the 22nd. They then went and beat the side who were third Gloucester. And then last weekend at home, they beat Saracens, who are second. It takes a big effort to beat Saracens, and they really did beat them. They, 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 they played them off the park. I watched the game. It was a good, competent performance. And they seem to have found a bit of mojo. So it should be said, uh, since Joe Worsley seems to have taken over the job at Bordeaux, have Bordeaux, who are now operating uh, at fourth in the top 14 it's possible that the challenge cup doesn't mean anything to bordeaux because they really can't go very far with it but they're they're a form side as well and connacht yes they are playing well there's a lot of confidence i don't think actually the 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 the, the loss the two losses that they had over christmas will actually dent their confidence it's just their position that i'm more concerned about but i think the players are ready to go they know how big a game this is uh ticket sales are going well again it'll be a good atmosphere up there slightly different Saturday 3 o'clock is a different feel to it and it's not televised so if you can't get to it Galway Bay FM is the only place you'll be able to follow it with the local knowledge but I'm really looking forward I think Europe is really important and I think sometimes I'm not altogether sure if I think that the organisation does understand that but I think the fans buy into Europe it's different teams different opportunities there's quite a number of fans going to Bordeaux people like to go somewhere different and it just has a different feel so it would be absolutely great to win at the weekend and then nail down a home quarter final at the end of uh, March because you can then park that completely you just forget about it it's just gone and you've one more Pro 14 game to play which is a crucial one and then you have a break you have a three-week break before you start a series of games that will ultimately tell you how the season is going to unfold and there's four crucial home pro 14 games to come there is and talking about the pro 14 let's hear your roundup of what happened last weekend
We'll start with the Guinness Pro 14. Six games played last Saturday and the results are as follows. Benetton 20, Glasgow Warriors 17, Ospreys 20, Cardiff Blues 11, Scarlets 22, Dragons 13, Leinster 40, Ulster 7, Connacht 24, Munster 31, Edinburgh 38, Southern Kings 0. And on Sunday, there was one match. Zebra 12, Cheetahs 27. Once again, some interesting results there. Probably the one that stands out the most is Benetton beating Glasgow Warriors, who've now lost three games on the bounce, having lost the two games against Edinburgh earlier in this uh, Christmas New Year window. The Ospreys with a late drop goal, denying the Cardiff Blues a bonus point, which is a little help to connect in our conference. And no other real big surprises. Let's have a look at the tables now and see where that's left everybody in the two conferences. Conference A is now led by Munster, who have played 13, won 9 and lost 4. They've got 44 points. The Glasgow Warriors have gone 8 and 5, 42 points. The Ospreys have gone 8 and 5, 37 points. Connacht have gone to 7 and 6 with 37 points. Cardiff Blues are 6 and 7 on 32. The Cheetahs, who are the only side that have played, they've played 11 games, everybody else has played 13, and they're now on 1 3, drawn 1, lost 7 on 22. You would expect them to win their two derby games against the uh, Kings, and that's probably 10 free points they're going to pick up on those two spare games. So they might just start to come into the mix, having made a slow start. And Zebre now played 13, won 3, lost 10 on 16 points. In Conference B, Leinster still lead the way, now leading by 19 points. They've played 13, won 11, lost 2 on 54. Edinburgh now on second, 7 and 6, 35. Treviso, 7 and 6, 35. Scarlets, keeping it going, 7 and 6 on 34. Ulster, 7 wins, 1 draw, 5 losses, 33. The Dragons have 4 wins and 9 losses on 18. And the Southern Kings have 1 win and 10 losses to be on 12 points. We would like to thank the official Connacht Rugby Supporters Club for supporting the podcast. For the most detailed and informative travel news for away matches, check out the Supporters Club website at connachtlan.com. Membership is only €10 Euro and includes a member's gift, exclusive merchandise and much more. Go to connachtclan.com for all your supporting needs. Before we move on to... Um the preview of this weekend's matches and, and the Connacht Sale match, Danny and myself went through some of the stats on how Munster bet Connacht last weekend. Danny, that was a fairly dominant display by Munster. Can you break it down to us in quarters? Yeah, we've been uh, taking snapshots on each quarter now uh, in, during the game. So on 20 minutes, uh, Connacht had to make a total of 48 tackles, uh, only missing two which left them on a 98% uh, tackle rate. Uh, Munster had to make 37 uh, tackles, missing 5, leaving them on an 86% rate. 
uh, territory was 57% for Munster and possession was 56% for Munster and that's in the first 20. Second quarter they seemed to they seemed to get a lot more territory and possession. In the second quarter the territory went up the territory and possession went up again. Uh, the territory was 61% and possession was 57% in the favour of Munster. Okay, but in the third quarter Connacht seemed to come back into the game somewhat. Yeah, it, it seemed to kind of level out a bit more. Um, Munster only had 52% possession. Uh, no, sorry, 55% possession and 52% territory. And in the final quarter, it was down to 52% and 51% but for territory and possession. It was. So So in the first half, they, they seemed to dominate more but didn't score as much in the second half. What happened? Well, Conor Murray came on. Um, in the player stats, uh, Matthewson played 50 minutes. Uh, he made uh, six, 64, it's 64 uh, passes. Murray came on and made 35 in 30 minutes. So to me, looking at that, is that Murray came on and just upped the tempo. He certainly did. He certainly, and it's it's great to see in in <laughs> it's great to see in stats the way that you know what you appear to be seeing on on screen actually is happening. The other thing that that people are talking about there, everyone's talking about how well um, Peter O'Mahony played, but I think he was all on the back of the work that uh, a certain Tyg Byrne was doing. Certainly, um, from a going forward scenario, if you look at Tyg Byrne's stats going forward. He had 14 carries where he made 28 metres. Doesn't seem to be a whole hell of a lot. But Except when you compare it to our front five, who in total, and that's all of our front five, had 27 carries and only made 16 metres. So yeah, huge he's, impact. He's nearly making double our metres for five guys and he's only one. You know, it's just madness. It is, and part of that I think comes from the defending. He only had to make six tackles. He didn't miss any. But who was their big tackler? Their big tackler was Tommy O'Donnell, who made 22 tackles. Yeah, and, and if you look at O'Mahony, he only made five tackles. So he, he really took the workload of those guys to allow them to try and steal the ball. Whereas if you look at our back row figures... Uh, our back row, Paul Boyle made 18, Kobe Fanga made 18, and Owen Masterson made 11. Okay, that's that game and stats. We'll be back again next week with more match stats. Thanks, Danny. You're welcome. back to Europe and before we preview the Connacht match and, and the rest of the fixtures of the weekend um, John Rogers a friend of the podcast has asked a very pertinent question on Twitter he said surely Connacht have to manage Champions Cup qualifications this season can we afford another season in the Challenge Cup how could we hang on to star players if we aren't playing top end European rugby so how important is this game yeah, it's very important. I've, I've alluded to earlier, I said, look, I think it's very important to the fans because it's different competition. There's no doubt that the Challenge Cup is, is struggling. Um, I also think the Champions Cup is starting to struggle. Very interesting piece yesterday, Simon Halliday has spoken about the changes that might have to be made. They will be looking, uh, it's always a long drawn out process. But I think they're looking to reduce the number of teams in the Champions Cup to 16, to reduce the amount of matches that players play. Uh, there are issues regarding the television deal. And they have to be... They're thinking ahead because this deal is in place till 2022. So that's a long way off. But these sports contracts take a long time. So there are changes afoot. But basically, you have to be in the Champions Cup. I think it's a difficult one for Connacht. I, I honestly believe that if... Sale had beaten Bordeaux at home, which they were all money on to do. The 
Connacht would probably have been able to kick this away and said, well, we just this isn't going to work. The points aren't going to work out for us. But that didn't happen. So now you have to deal with what's in front of you. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity on Saturday. I think they need a win because if they lose on Saturday, they'll have lost three out of four and losing becomes a habit and you want to keep winning. If they can get that job done there, then they have a real hit in Bordeaux to finish top of the group, get a home quarter final, maybe get enough points to get the home semi-final. And it's just because you can then park the competition and it is a route and there is a potential that if you get into the semi-finals, if other teams have pre-qualified, that a semi-final place is enough to get you into the Champions Cup. It's a back, If that route exists, grab it, because the Champions Cup next season is going to be fascinating. It starts 12 days after the World Cup final. Um, it's maybe an opportunity for some of the sides with lesser squads to compete. Uh, we know the Irish provinces won't get their, their World Cup players back. I'm sure the French teams will, and I'm sure the English teams will, but what state they're coming back in. So Connacht, to me, have to keep fighting for it. They cannot. To be blunt, they're not a good enough side to be able to kick this competition away and say we will get the job done in the Pro 14. They might still get it done in the Pro 14, but I think you have to keep both routes fully open. You certainly do. Lindy, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, I think it's not just... Connacht and the players and the team and the management it's also their duty for the for the fans who turn up to the sports ground every week to play this match at full strength no matter no matter what even even if they were out of the competition to go in there to win this match and I think that is what most competitive teams most professional teams that should be their attitude and the other thing of course about um, Saturday's match is it's all about momentum isn't it and that's what you know that, that's what Andy Friend has been talking about that's what Connacht need so it is all about momentum and as well just remember the team that goes out there on Saturday against Sale is testing themselves against one of the best teams in, in England. And that is where you want to be. And you want to really test yourself and see just how good you are, particularly at home. Yeah, it's, it's effectively a Heineken Cup match or a Champions Cup match level. That's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm seeing. Right, before we do a little bit more analysis on, on the, the upcoming match, um, William, you're going to preview the rest of the fixtures that are in the European Challenge Cup and how the Irish teams what, what the Irish teams have in the Champions Cup this weekend and we'll start with the European Champions Cup and a quick look at what the Irish teams are doing next weekend on Friday night Gloucester will entertain Munster in Pool 2 on Saturday Leinster at 1pm will entertain Toulouse who are playing a really, really good brand of rugby at the moment. They're going back to an old-style French rugby. And at quarter past three, Ulster will entertain Racing 92 in pole four. Now, the Challenge Cup continues again on Friday evening with four games. In pool one, the Dragons entertain Timish for a Saracens at 7.30pm. In pool two, Stade Francais will take on Pau at 19.45 in Pool 3, Perpignan will take on bordeaux Begley at 1900. And in Pool 4, La Rochelle will entertain Zebre also at 7pm, 1900. And on Saturday in the European Challenge Cup, in Pool 1, ASM clermont Auvergne will entertain the Northampton Saints at 2000, 8pm. In Pool 2, Ospreys will take on the Worcester Warriors at 3pm. 
And at the same time, in the sports ground, in Pool 3, Connacht versus Sale. In Pool 4, NSI STM Krasnoyarsk will entertain Bristol with a 12 noon kickoff time local. In Pool 5, Benetton will entertain Agen with a 2pm start and Harlequins will play Grenoble with a 3pm start, also in Pool 5. We'll review all of those games next week in the Midweek Podcast. We'll have a look at the tables and we'll start to see then who might be qualifying and who will still be interested when we reach Round 6 of the European Challenge Cup. William, quiz question. Question number two. Indeed, Alan, ratcheting it up a little bit now. In professional rugby... Who has scored the most drop goals for Connacht? And that's in Celtic League, Pro 12, Pro 14 and European competitions. Now the final section of the, the podcast, Sale. They could come fully loaded at the weekend, William. They don't have a Gallagher Premiership game until February, I think it is. So they could come fully loaded and ready to rock and roll and, and looking to complete a double over Connacht, which would confirm their winning of the group and probably a home, a home semi-final as well as a quarter-final. Well, that's assuming they beat Perpignan next week. We all said they'd beat Bordeaux. I think we can safely say they will definitely beat Perpignan. Um, yeah, I think they will be a huge challenge. Let's be blunt, our record against English sides over the years is not good, home or away. And the the danger is, I don't think they will bully us the same way or try to bully us the same way that uh, Munster did and succeeded in doing when you look at the stats that you were using there a little while ago. But... They are a big challenge and they've got something to play for. Whether they can keep picking the same team week in, week out, which they've essentially done through the three Christmas games, is a question. And that's what seemed to derail them at home against Bordeaux because they had a very strong side out that day, but they just couldn't get their game away. And I think they were a bit shocked by how much Bordeaux came to play, but they wanted to impress a new manager. So that was a perfect storm. Um, Faf de Klerk, probably the key, world-class scrum half, world-class organiser, played a bizarre game in Manchester in Sale, where for the first 30 minutes he was awful, and for the next 30 minutes he was absolutely world-class, and then he seemed to lose a bit of interest again and was taken off, not, not so much interest, he was substituted off and it got very messy for them. But Saturday is going to be about performance and starting quickly, which is pretty obvious stuff but it's European games tend to be a bit more open there'll be no TMO so you're relying exclusively on the referee the game moves at a bit of speed um, I, I don't know how to call it I, I think they're they're going to bring real performance and winning Connacht are going to bring confidence from good performances but maybe not quite enough wins this will be tight it certainly will you're looking forward to seeing Chris Ashton back in the sports ground and he scores every time he plays against us I think he scored a hat-trick over in Sale, didn't he, against us on his first game back um, of the season. So, yeah, definitely one to close down. Chris Ashton is. I agree with William about Fafta Clough. I think he was absolutely amazing in that. In that I know you, he may have had ups, his ups and downs during that match, but I thought he was immense. And he particularly watching him play last last weekend, I thought he was just the whole playmaker. He's an amazing player. He really is. I think... That Connacht at their best can win. 
I think Connett are going to have to, and I know even talking to Andy Friend, he says that defence is going to be key, and I think they know that they have the playmakers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Connett, with the home ground, with a lot to play for, if everyone, you know, things have to go right, let's face it, things have to go right. But I think if Connett... I think the best thing about last week was the actual intensity of Connett's game. game. There was a real hunger. There was an intensity. And I think if Connett can take that intensity and that game to Sale, I think Sale, you know, might be sort of have to be a little bit rocked back on their heels to to, to start with, especially with the crowd. And it depends on, I think they, will will they come, they know they have to win it or do they have to win it? I mean, is their premiership more important to them? Or is this just an easy route to, to win a trophy? I'm not exactly sure. I know that they'll be talking about momentum as well. And it will, I think the team that they select will say a lot about their attitude. It certainly will. I'm looking forward to James O'Connor. He's, he played a fabulous game last week and he played very well against us too. Yeah, they've got dangerous players all around the park. Um, they are apparently coming for their Christmas party, but I think that's going to happen after, after the game. So... Um, Maybe it'll be a happy Christmas party, or maybe it'll be a really happy Christmas party. It'll depend on the result. Like, we can talk about sale, but we haven't talked much about Connacht. Who do we expect on the Connacht side? Well, okay, I'm putting my, my guessing hat on here, because they, they don't exactly confirm who... Well, I think Bundy will play. Right. Uh, I think Jack Carty will play. Uh, I have a suspicion Caelan Blade will play. Um, I think Jared Butler could be back. Uh, which I think would be would be important because you know he's he's, he's the team captain. Uh, from there, I think it'll be a stronger side than we saw that went to sale and played against Perpignan. I think they've re- you know this is the sort of game where you have to just get it done. Yeah. Uh, it's no disrespect to some of the younger players who played very well, but the responsibility now has to go to your senior senior players. Uh, Olton Delan, because he speaks fluent French, could well be a very helpful. Uh, case when, when you've got a French referee um, because it, sometimes communication can be a little difficult and you know maybe Tiernan O'Halloran might be back so there's, there's, there's a lot of options there and obviously if, if Connacht win this they've then got to go to they've still got to go to Bordeaux and win so that'll be a big challenge as well French sides like to win at home or they certainly like to put in a big performance yeah. but Saturday is, is, is key to the whole thing and it's a great uh, Lindley's absolutely spot on it's a great challenge for the players to take on a side like this and uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I love Europe I, I, and that, that's, that's why I think it's so important absolutely love it yeah I, I assume we'll see Dennis Buckley eventually making his 150th appearance Lindley oh, one, one would expect so if he's back fully fit I'm not sure if he is or not but one would one would hope so I think Andy Friend did say that he was going to it would be a vastly changed side I think from the side that played them the last time so I think you can expect to have you know the strongest available players who were fit and ready to go and I think one of the other reasons is because I think they really truly left they believed that they left their game behind them in sale the last time and they were frustrated and I think you know Andy Friend I remember him saying at the time that you know at, so 13 all at half time or something like that that they were level they were in the game and well in the game but then they they didn't they didn't make enough of the opportunities they have and he was they were frustrated about that I think as well they might look to up the pace a little bit in this game. I mean, it worked. I mean, last week, I mean, the, the pace of Munster and Connett was made for a real cracker. I'm not sure whether um, just how fast and how good, you know, sale can be when they're put under pressure pace-wise. So that'll be interesting to see. And so I, I just, you know, 
I think that um, with the changes that that Andy Friend will will make and 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 the, the other coaches in conjunction with the other coaches, I think we might see a. Um, a markedly changed side and the best side that they have available. Right. I think it's going to be... I'm not going to make a prediction because I need to see both teams because it's, <laughs> you just don't know who's going to go. I'd like to think Connacht will win this game. Um, my heart definitely says we, um, we need to win this game. And I think we've done enough for today. Thanks, William. Thanks, Alan. Uh, thanks, Lindley. <laughs> Cheers, Alan. And remember, you can hear this game on Galway Bay FM. Three o'clock kickoff. It'll be Rob and Joe... Um, for all the best local knowledge of your local team uh, if you want to catch up the game because it's not on TV so um, don't forget to tune in